This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure. Your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino of Full-Time Families and Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, will share advice, information, and encouragement to bring your road schooling efforts to new levels. Welcome to Road School Moms. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino, full-time road schooling mom to four kiddos and the co-founder at Full-Time Families, the resource for your full-time RVing needs and so much more. This episode and every Sunday night, I am blessed to be joined by my lovely co-host. Hey, it's Mary Beth Goff, your road trip teacher, also a full-time RVing mama to four kiddos on the road. We, um, I'm also the author and creator over at Road Trip Teacher, your resource for, um, educational resource actually for homeschooling traveling families. And we do blog our travels over at diaryofaroadmom.com with recipes and organizational tips for there as well. So we'd love to have you follow us there as well. We are coming to you live from our Southwest Florida location. Uh, we've been here for several months, getting ready to launch in a few weeks. Um, and I am excited to hear your voice, KT. Where are you at this week? I am actually sitting in a Walmart parking lot in <laughs> on the coast of Oregon because uh, coastal towns don't have a lot of Internet yet up here. Um, but uh, it's lovely. The weather is chilly, 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 chilly. I'm going to have to send you some of this, these cool breezes. We actually had to sleep with the heater on last night. Uh, but otherwise, it's a beautiful location. We saw some seals in the bay where we're camped at this week, and a beaver. We learned all about um, coastal wildlife, and it's just been a great road school week. How about by you, Mary Beth? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, like as I said, we're still in southwest Florida. We are here because my oldest road schooler is waiting to get his driver's license at the end of this month. Oh, my goodness. Um, so that's why we're still here, because it, and it is so intensely hot, as you know, if you were from this area originally. Um, Oh my goodness, it's so hot. Like when I got in the car this morning and it left something that the index said 107. It was like 11:30 this morning. And we have gotten incredible amounts of rain down here over the last week, which I'm not griping because it was so incredibly dry for so many weeks. Really, we had a dry winter down here on the southwest Gulf side of Florida this last winter. But um Oh my goodness, KT, I, I can't even tell you how many inches of rain. I, there was a couple of days that it felt like a tropical storm. I mean, it was nothing like that, but that's the way it, the, you know, it came down in torrential downpours and the wind was terrible. And so we have had quite the weather this week, which, as you know, a lot of time lends to great road school days because, you know, you're inside and you can't go outside and there's not the distractions of all the things that you want to do on the outside and all the things you want to, what places you wanted to go. So, we have actually had a really good road school week. We've wrapped up some of the theme studies that we were doing, and my crew has helped me with some research that we're working on for later on this fall on projects that we're working on to come out on a road trip teacher. So we just kind of had a nice, cozy week inside, which kind of sounds crazy since we're in Florida. Well, that sounds fabulous to me. You know, it's uh, wonderful to be able to go with the flow of life, uh, even when that includes the weather. So good job. Great job. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I can't believe it's June. I was looking at the calendar thinking it it just feels like it just got to be June, and now it's already, good night, nurse, the middle of June. <laughs> the summer is 
on a big downhill slide or something. Don't you feel the pain? <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, we have started our um, books for the summer. I actually posted a picture of Road School Moms of uh, a great um, haul we got at the Paperback Trader. And yes. um, we've been uh, just reading aloud every night, and uh, I'm enjoying it. As I mentioned in our last episode, I went with a modified schedule for our summer this year. The kids have to do math workbooks and reading daily, every day, seven days a week. Um, and, uh, and we're reading aloud as a family and trying to get through all those books. So it's, uh, it's been great. I'm really enjoying it. And like you, also going with the flow of the weather. It hasn't been uh, particularly sunny. It's been rainy and overcast here, and so it's been really nice to have some relaxing days inside the house, just reading. And um, some of the books we actually have the audible component to also, and so sometimes I read aloud and sometimes we just listen to the audible version, and that's really nice to go back and forth like that. Yeah. You know, you inspired me. When you um, posted your stack of books that you were going to read this summer, um, we kind of done the same. Now, I'll tell you, I didn't have to go to the paperback store or whatever because I really just had to go to my RV cabinets. Taylor cleaned out all the cubbies that we have in here that were dedicated to kind of road school, and we were surprised at how many books we found. So we took a couple books for each kiddo and um, kind of regrouped them to use this summer. And um, my crew is working on – I haven't had a chance to tell you this, KT, but my crew is working on a Little House time period project. I can't reveal too much information because it's in the beginning stages, but it's something that's going to be a really cool deal. Um, if you are a Little House reader or you have kiddos in your household that are, are reading that, even that time period, like that prairie life kind of time period um, of this country, I'm working on a, a project for that. So we've already started a couple of the Little House books, and my boys are looking, um, they're reading a book from the same time period that are called Children of the, I think it's called Children of the Wild West. It's pretty cool. It has some really cool old-time, old-fashioned pictures in it. Um, but that's currently what we're working on right now. And um, and then we have this other stack of books that we're kind of excited to to look at after that project. But I noticed that ours were kind of along that classical line as yours. I know the Black Stallion was in there and a couple of the, of the others of those. So reading, I think, is so fun for the summer, don't you? Because it's kind of lends itself to, like you say, flexible schedules and read as long as you want. Did you know, I, I had never realized this until this week, and actually Holly Giles um, told me this. I posted that the Go Live um, earlier in the Road School Moms Facebook group earlier this week. She showed me, and it was Little House because that's what we were talking about, the Little House books. She showed me a version of those books that were published for read-alouds. Had you ever seen those before in any other capacity? No, I have not. That's fascinating. I know. Me too. And so now I'm obsessed. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's what we need for our morning times when I know I'm going to read out loud. This is awesome. And I really don't know the difference yet because I've yet to see him. She was just telling me about it at our lunch the other day. So I am very excited to get my copy of a read-aloud version of Little House in the Big Woods. That's the first one I ordered just because I wanted to see what it was about and what was different about it. I can only assume that it it probably has maybe more pictures for illustrations while you're reading. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, but apparently there are read-aloud versions of many books already out there. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to definitely have to look that up. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. As you know, I'm already Googling. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm looking at yet, so I, 
I, I will refrain <laughs> from speaking on that. Um, before we get started, I just want to lift up in prayer Kay Peterson. For those of you who um, know who Kay Peterson is, she, uh, she is the founder of Escapees RV Club, um, an RV club that full-time families work very closely with um, and holds in very high regard. And um, I just got word on my Facebook that um, she's in failing health. Miss Kay turned 90 this year, and um, I do believe hospice is involved at this point. So if you would keep the Carr family and Miss Kay in your prayers, um, that, that would be much appreciated. A wonderful lady who has done so much for the RVing community, dedicated three generations of her family to it. Um, Kathy Carr has been on our show talking about mm -hmm. uh, the Escapees Club and specifically mail forwarding service. And uh, Travis and Melanie, third generation um, presidents of Escapees, have also been on the show doing a recap of our escapade in Vermont last summer. So please keep their family and Miss Kay in your prayers. We'll definitely do that. So what else is going on over at FTF this week? Uh, well, we're just getting ready for um, the Solar Fest. We're doing some preparation for that. Um, I know you're doing yours in Carbondale, Illinois, and I think I'd encourage anyone who's going to be in the Midwest this summer to actually to go to yours, Mary Best, because, you know, like you mentioned when we were on the phone, just you and I, seven years from now, it's it's going, there's going to be another eclipse going the opposite way across the country, and Carbondale, Illinois is the X factor in that situation. So wouldn't it be awesome to go to this one and go to the other one seven years from now? The, uh, well, you know, defeat, that is, so. yes, that is so, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, like, what do you want to think about seven years from now? But I can tell you that is so in my brain. Um, it's like sizzled into my brain how, um I don't know. I know seven years seems like a long time, but as you know, look, you've been on the road for seven years, right? You just celebrated your seven-year anniversary on the road, so it goes by very quickly, and we are so excited. I'm glad you mentioned that we um, – I just found out last week that there's actually um, some activities going on at the Children's Science Center in Carbondale, and so we just booked a field trip um, on Friday, I guess, of that weekend there, and I'm excited to find out, you know, in Carbondale, Aside from the fact that it's one of the longest durations for this particular eclipse this summer in 2017, it also is um, the site for, like, NASA is is streaming their live megacast from there, and the Adler Planetarium from Chicago, if you've ever traveled to Chicago and had the opportunity to visit that astrological museum, it's a wonderful place. Adler Planetarium from Chicago is coming down to Carbondale. And all these places are converging on ISU, Illinois Southern University, that is located in Carbondale. Um, so not only do they have the whole hoopla going around, you know, about the eclipse and there's a town festival and all that, but ISU and their science department and, of course, their astrology department has really come up with some cool things going along with it. And just to be there for that eclipse day over the weekend in and of itself is worth a drive, you know, for us anyway, to go up there. So what we have is a boondocking spot, which if you followed us very long on Road School Mom, I know that sounds very crazy coming out of my mouth. That's usually something KT is talking about. Um, but because that area is so popular and so many places are already sold out, all the state parks, there's no, um, you know, there's no reservations available there. Hotels have been sold out for months in that area. 
But we have secured a boondocking spot for a limited number of rigs, and so if you are interested still in that, you can get with me over at Road Trip Teacher, and we'll be glad to talk to you about that. But we're very excited to be coming to you from Carbondale, Illinois that weekend, and who knows, KT, maybe we can both meet up there in seven years for the second one. Yeah, I'd love that. Let's make that a date. Just a date. Okay. Just a date. So, you know, this is episode 131 of the Road School Moms radio podcast. What do you think about that? I think that's crazy. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Well, this is. It really is. It's episode 131 of our Road School Moms podcast, and we are um, right in the middle of season 10 right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. So let's take a moment right now to hear from our friends over at Time for Learning, one of our very favorite Road School Moms approved resources that is our season sponsor this year. Let Time for Learning encourage your student to excel and learn independently with our award-winning online curriculum. Students are free to work on their time and advance at a pace that they feel comfortable. Our flexible, student-paced approach allows your child to repeat lessons and dedicate extra time to more challenging subjects, move quickly through concepts they excel in, and even review material from previous years thanks to adjustable grade levels. Try us out for free for 14 days. Visit timeforlearning.com and enter coupon code ROADSCHOOLER. Okay, KT, we've had a lot of good information over the past few weeks about planning a successful road school year, um, and we've had lots of great guests already. What do you think has been your most useful information or show's, um, show's perspective so far? Oh, that's a great question, Mary Beth. I um, loved the show that we just did with Holly Giles on Morning Time again. Because I think morning time, oh my gosh, here we go again. It's like, this is our 131st episode and it's like the 217th time we've talked about morning time. We are ridiculous. But, but in any case, I think that morning time is such an important concept and I think that there's a lot of road school moms who are going to have the in, inclination to do morning time but then get confused and think there's a right way or a wrong way to do it. And I just really want to encourage people to have morning time in your road school no matter how you do it. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. Whatever concept you want to come up with to set your day in the right footing, uh, it just cannot be um, emphasized enough how important it is. Too often we get up and you know, we're road schoolers, so we might be a little disorganized or discombobulated and who's eating lunch and who's eating breakfast and <laughs> who's taking the dogs out and who doesn't brush their teeth in three days and all this stuff is going on. But gosh, that when we do the morning time, it just sets such a good theme for the rest of the day. The residual value of it just cannot be understated. I agree with you. And, um, you know, for those of our road school moms that are still a little bit nervous about the whole idea of morning time, maybe think you can't get involved with that or it's too complicated or you don't know where to start. Um, you know, KT and I did talk, as you mentioned, with Holly Giles last weekend or um, last Sunday night, rather, about that um, Blaze New Trails curriculum, right? And that's a great place to start. I'm also going to be working on over the next couple of weeks just a really simple set of morning time plans, nothing really crazy, just some ideas um, to to show you what we do in our morning time. And I'm going to get KT's um, schedule of what she kind of does in her does in her morning time too, so that we can put that out to our road school moms group because I think sometimes it is hard. To, just it's like you really don't know where to start. You hear about this grand thing, but you don't really know where to start. So we'll put that out there over the next couple of weeks in our group um, for to share with our other road school moms. Now. 
you know that, of course, if you hadn't stolen the morning time idea for your favorite, I probably would have said that. But since you only talked about that, I'll tell you that probably my favorite show so far this season, um, even though I didn't get to do it with you, was from the SPEA convention, uh, the Florida Parent Educators Association, a few weeks ago. I had so much fun at that homeschool convention in Orlando. I love being able um, – I really loved, most of all, being able to look at the resources up close for me, myself personally, that I might be considering um, for next road school year, as well as finding new ones, like that cool Mutasia um, vendor that we found, that Tori found those books, um, really, really love, is in love with those books. And I know for school mom, Claudine Sino, um, her kiddos are, you know, enthralled with those books right away too. So I just, I so enjoyed meeting some of our road school moms that were there in attendance that day. It was so fun to connect with Many of our road school moms approved educational resources out there like Notgrass History, The Brain Coach, um, Homeschool Preschooler. I loved meeting her I'm in person, of course. I loved getting together with the Scrafty crew over at When You Rise Up with their Minecraft classes and all that. The list really goes on for me. Um, it's really a premier event. If you've never had the chance to go, please put it on your calendar for next year. If you'll be in that area, you'll be so glad you did. And you can hit the replay on that previous podcast for more details on that if you missed it. But, of course, um, I don't know. That was that has to be my favorite show. I'll let you have the morning time. You can keep that as your fave. <laughs> you know, the uh, record keeping was also uh, very educational for me. Uh, that's, you know, I don't know if you're getting the theme, but I'm easily overwhelmed by my road schooling <laughs> efforts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been um, bombarded with a lot of great ideas that I've only been able to capture small parts of, and so then mm -hmm. I never get to feel like I employ them. So the record-keeping show was also very enlightening and educational for me because, again, something I could handle. Yeah, and, you know, the folks at um, Homeschool Tracker were so good to come over and talk with us, and I'm so, 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 so glad you mentioned this because – we had a giveaway for Homeschool Tracker for an entire year's membership of Homeschool Tracker. And I have the um, names sitting here. While we're doing the show, I'll have my road schoolers put those names together so we can draw that. In addition to that, we also have a giveaway going on for Holly Giles. She was giving away two different products. Um, so we'll do that giveaway next weekend, but we'll do that Homeschool Tracker one at the end of the show. I'll have my guys... Um, put those names together and we'll pull out that name at the end of the show. So um, on, on today's show or tonight's show, we're going to share with our listeners um, all the encouragement and tips to guiding independent learners. You know, in the world that I live in, our homeschool efforts are very flexible, just like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Some days I might have all the lesson plans laid out and then, you know, just like KT said, you know, life happens or maybe work happens, or, you know, sometimes, honestly, someone is just not feeling it for the day. And that in itself for us can really cause the whole day to get sidetracked. If just one person, you know, gets a little off track, then it kind of sends us all into tailspin. So it's on those days that I'm really grateful for the independent learning skills that I've done my best to develop in my road schoolers. And be assured, road school moms, those independent learning characteristics aren't just natural blessings for my crew. We've had to work hard over the past um, several years to really hone in on those skills. Um, do, do your kiddos all possess those that natural independent learning style, KT? Absolutely not. 
I oh, goodness. That <laughs> yeah. oh, goodness. You know, this was the biggest hurdle when we started road schooling um, many years ago. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. The biggest hurdle was my ego, ego and my right. expectations of my road schoolers. Like, here, I can just throw one concept at you, and then that's it. You, you understand it for life. And, of course, that's not the way the world works, not even how we work as adults. But I don't know why my expectations were aligned that way. But when they all needed me all at the same time, all four of them, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, it made me want to run out of the camper screaming so bad. Um, so, uh, no, not at all did uh, they come by it naturally, but uh, I will give you hope that it is an evolutionary process and um, it's, uh, it's uh, something that can be on the horizon for you if you're currently struggling. Yeah, that's for sure. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about um, some characteristics you can look for in your road schoolers to maybe help you um, see those attributes and then also maybe how to develop those. So first, let's talk about independent learners and how they are born. Well, <laughs> of course, they aren't born that way. It's important. I mean, honestly, this is kind of a little bit elementary. Those little persons in the beginning you know, we all know they can't survive without a parent's care, and they need us to nurture and, you know, just to survive. They need us. And in the beginning, and, and really for a considerable amount of time after that, you know, they rely on us. And some kiddos are naturally born more self-reliant than others, um, but, you know, those skills, skills can show up early on, but, you know, not always. That's right. You know, a child's dependency or independency actually is directly related to the beginning uh, to not only their age, but also their maturity level, which varies across all kiddos. The older the student, the more independent he will be. We can agree on that, but we cannot say that there's a particular age where you should expect to have an independent learner. Oh, my goodness, that is so true. And the more independent you should expect him to be, you know, the, the older he is or the older she is, really I think the key to remember is the more independent you should expect them to be. So that's where we gonna, or that we're going to start with this is, um, you know, how to grow independent readers. And really, before you can do that, you have to recognize those characteristics of a child that will flourish easily as an independent learner. These are the kids that when your homeschool day goes haywire, you know, they may not hand you back that work completed according to your lesson plans for the day, but somehow they've managed to navigate their own way through their own learning adventure for that day. And, you know, sometimes they may even learn more because they have kind of taken the bull by the horn, so to speak, and have kind of forged their own way for the day. That's so true. You know, some days when the days go sideways and um, your kids can forge through in um, spite of you, road schooling mom, that's when you have the most, most growth. And it's a hard place to be sometimes because I know it's my role to assist and direct the learning that goes on in my road school. It's a definite balance you have to find to oversee their progress but nourish their ability to be independent. And really the first characteristic that develops in an independent learner is one of self-motivation. These are the kiddos that don't require a carrot to move down the learning path. They don't need bribery or rewards to succeed, like, you know, get your work done and you can go play outside. Maybe you've heard of that or said that yourself. <laughs> Now that may happen when you are, they are in first grade, but you shouldn't still be happening by the middle elementary years. This is where self-motivated kids forge ahead because they possess an internal goal meter 
as they have something to achieve and are driven by that for their own personal gain. Oh my gosh, a goal meter, that's hilarious. Like a goalometer or something. I love that. Unfortunately, no, no, you cannot buy an internal goalometer or goal meter or whatever for your rural schoolers, but you can guide them in the rec you know, in the right direction by helping them tap into those subjects or skills that really interest them. And that leads us to the next trait that you'll find in an independent learner, and that is curiosity. Now, you know, these are probably the toddlers that figured out how to get out of their car seat before they could even ride a bike. Those are the ones that are naturally, you know, curious. And for those kind of kiddos, the world is a, just a huge playground as they seek out ways to explore everything around them. You know, independent learners who are already curious by nature learn from all kinds of educational angles. So not only will they figure out what to learn, but they usually go above and beyond just because they can't help themselves. They are proactive by nature. They seek out additional information that, you know, maybe a parent or teacher didn't even think of. You know, it's something that's in their own little brain. And it makes sense, you know, in retrospect or in opposite of that, that a passive student that doesn't ask questions or just does enough to get by, you know, lacks these two things that we've just talked about. They are not self-motivated and they are not curious. So how do we fix that? Well, it's honestly not something that you can actually fix. It's not something you can do one day and then wake up the next day and be like, oh my gosh, they've developed this great, you know, self-motivation and curiosity. That's not how it works at all. It's, it's really more, um, and we've talked about this in so many episodes, and it's, you know, lead by example. It's a lead by example kind of thing, or as the parent or teacher, you have to help them help themselves. You have to help them figure out what makes them tick. If your homeschooler has shown a love for planes, for example, then, you know, dabble around with theme units. Get out there and Google books or the time periods or whatever might be appropriate, you know, in relationship to his or her grade level that will help them connect the dots. You know, like um, pick out a short story that you can read aloud during morning time about World War II. That might touch on some quirky, fun fact about fighter planes or, you know, a certain type of plane that's associated with that same time period. And those little nuggets that you can push in front of a non-curious learner will just do nothing more than help them develop those thinking skills and the desire to know more. Absolutely. And if you're feeling um, a little despondent right now, thinking, oh, my, one of my road schoolers or the majority of my road schoolers do not seem to be self-motivated and do not uh, display any curiosity and they just rather sit in front of a video game day, all day, um, then I am going to encourage you to take a step back because every child has a passion. And sometimes we cannot recognize the passion because all we can see is uh, maybe a wasting of time or we're anxious that they'll never actually be self-motivated and have curiosity, which are two huge factors in the success of an adult. But um, so that sometimes we're blinded to or overlooking their actual passion. So take a step back. Um, as everyone who knows me knows that Blaze uh, loves trains. He can't get enough train information. His natural curiosity and love for trains is definitely a tool I can use to help steer him in the right direction on the independent learning trail. Um, I, I want to tell you that Blaze could most likely at age 13, he's going to be 13 this month, 
he could probably, with maybe one year of training, become a train engineer. He knows that much about trains as they stand right mm -hmm. now. He's done that much research on his own, completely uh, independent of me. And one a parent who is looking for a more result-oriented uh, situation in their road school might overlook how this knowledge, esoteric knowledge of trains, could be useful, but he has learned to learn. He has taught mm -hmm. himself to actually learn. And so now, whatever the subject is, he knows the, the how to learn it. So, um, and he's learned this through a really uh, one of the most important traits. In fact, I do um, business coaching and mentoring for families and, and individuals who want to live the RV lifestyle. And I won't work with anyone who doesn't uh, indicate this next trait. And this trait is persistence. Because this goes right along with curiosity that we just talked about. Naturally, this is the kid who drove you crazy to take the training wheels off her bike when you weren't sure she was ready, and she wasn't. But what sets her apart is there's this persistence and this will to not give up. And uh, another word for persistence that I like to use is grit. And studies mm -hmm. have shown that if you have a high amount of grit in your life, you will be successful in whatever ventures you have, despite your lack of education, despite your lack of maturity, despite all the things that should hold you back, if you have some pure grit under your belt or in your teeth um, and you keep at it, you will be successful. Yeah, that is so true. These types of road schoolers are so, they're naturally self-disciplined. And, you know, usually they, a lot of times they don't even ask for help, but if they do, it's after they've failed on their own. Or maybe they didn't come up with the right solution to get them out of their predicament or, or just find out. But, you know, and I have one of those, I, you know, polypersistent, that's what I call her. You know, at some moments she really drives me crazy. But honestly, um, you know, in the scheme of things, a naturally persistent kid is one that you really don't have to worry about you know, for the long haul. She's the little train that could and eventually figures out how to get up and over the next obstacle. And, you know, I'm not sure that you can ever help a kid actually develop persistence. Uh, but what I think you can do is encourage your road schoolers to seek the solutions and exhaust all the resources on their own before asking for help. And this doesn't come in the beginning. I mean, this is not something you just decide to do one day and be like, nope, you figure it out on your own. I mean, it's a process. You know, in the beginning, you, and, you know, a lot of times I think that's, you know, when they ask you questions, ask them right back. Let Help them see how they could have found the answer on their own. And because this is a quality that will sharpen um, independent learning skills. It trains them to be persistent. If they're not already persistent, it trains them to be persistent. And this is directly related to the next characteristic that is a really, really important, um, it's an important trait that you have to nurture for this type of independent learning environment, and that is critical thinking. Um, you know, naturally independent kids are really quick to discover many different solutions to a situation. Sometimes they can even get overwhelmed with the many different ways that they can, you know, solve a problem. They're generally great troubleshooters. They have that knack to formulate their answer based on all different kinds of possibilities. The you know, the critical thinking kid asks why about seven ways from Sunday on just about every occasion. You know, and on one hand, 
he may drive you crazy because he doesn't often accept the answers from traditional sources. You know, he's he's the one that's never satisfied with, you know, if you say because I said so, that goes right in one ear and out the other. And he's always, you know, he's just always the one that asks why. Why this? Why that? Um, and honestly, you know, we all know that's a good thing. It's the number one sign that you have an independently skilled road school on your hands. And honestly, it's your job, road school moms, to keep growing his, you know, I call it a year to learn. And if this is not you know, an apparent trait in your little life learner, don't fret. You have lots of you know ways to push him out to observe the world around him and show him the ways to become a critical thinker. It's it's something that you can you know you can train their minds to be critical thinking. And it is such a vital tool, you know, especially in the times that we're living in. Um, the Bible tells us test all spirits. It is so important. That's, that's the Bible telling us to be critical thinkers of what we are exposed to and the media that we are consuming. Um, and the no, there was no greater show of that than the last election where the media told us it, it was a done deal. And uh, they were really surprised by the results. I'm not going to get political. But, um, but it was important to be a critical thinker in that stage, and, it, and it's important every day to be a critical thinker. Um, I want to give you one of my pieces of advice. I have a mantra in our house. Uh, if you've ever had a kid go, Mom, there's a problem, my kids know if they say, Mom, there's a problem, my retort is going to be, no problems, only solutions. So I learned early on in my work career that you really just couldn't run into the boss and say, oh, my gosh, we have a problem without having a solution in mind to present. And so I've been um, hawking that on my kids since they could since they could speak. In fact, the first time they said, Mom, there's a problem, I said, no problems, only solutions. And they can't – I don't let them discuss with me a problem unless they sat down and thought about at least one or two viable solutions. Now, the solutions don't always have to be um, optimum, but I just need them to think to not just run around like Chicken Little and say, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Uh, tell me what you're going to do about it. So um, that's what I like to do in my house. And just as MB said a few minutes ago, leading by example is the way to help your homeschooler learn these skills. Don't just give up the answer to the obvious. Sometimes simply the way you present a question or situation will help them see that there is more than one way to figure out the answer. And in the journey to truth, he or she will hopefully find information that wasn't even being sought after. That is where the spark can really be ignited to learn more independently. And that brings us to responsibility. This is the kid's ability to know what needs to be done without being told to do so, and something that adults and kids alike struggle with. <laughs> the sooner a student becomes accountable for the act their actions, the more independent he will become and his success will not be dependent on the outside discipline for personal achievement. Yeah, you know, I think this is the one trait that is probably more learned than any of those others that we've talked about tonight. I don't think that you are born with an accountability personality trait. I think it's more of a quality that a child quickly recognizes, you know, somewhere along the way. Our kids learn to be responsible, just like they can honestly learn to be irresponsible, you know, if the right consequences and parameters aren't set, you know, road school moms teaching their littles to be responsible and rewarding them, you know, their accountable nature in your older kids 
will really just help further their independent learning skills. It's definitely a life skill that should be fed consistently. Um, and, you know, let's talk about how we do that in our house. It's really easy for me to talk about this because, you know, it's really how Road Trip Teacher was created. I wanted to gather information on destinations and subjects and locations and interests and ideas when we started traveling so that basic information could be easily learned. And I know also importantly that rabbit trail that we have on different learning adventures was encouraged. And so by feeding my road schoolers these nuggets of information, I tried to pique their curiosity in areas that I would know they had an interest or make that connection. And then I would make them accountable when we left places, you know, to to confirm what we had maybe have learned before we got there. And then, you know, we would talk about it on our travel days you know, as we went to the next location. So I tried to make them accountable for, you know, that, that independent information that I wanted, or, you know, information that I wanted them to learn independently while we were there. And so I always, you know, tried to make a bigger deal out of, you know, I might teach them, you know, a certain parameter of, of details or whatever. For example, when we were in Tucson at that road school convention, you know, I loved that study guide that we done for Road Trip Teacher. There were so many there's such a great area out there. There's so much to learn, so, so much to learn out there with the different field trips. Um, but I tried to hit on when we left there all the things that my kiddos learned that was not in my study guide and that we didn't learn when we went to the National Park or we didn't learn when we went to the Desert Museum, you know, on those field trips that we'd done with that convention. Um, the, the things that they learned on their own and, the, you know, I made them accountable for it, those were the things that I tried to really, you know, kind of, bolster up and, and make them proud of, of the fact that they had come to those information on their own. I love what you just said about bolster up because um, I'm reading a book um, that talks about the power of um, acknowledgement over the power of criticism. And acknowledgement of good things is far, far more powerful than criticism of things that are not done adequately in your in your expectations. Um, and so if you are listening to the show and thinking, oh, I don't have an independent learner, that's it, I figured it out, I don't have one of those. Um, <laughs> I, again, encourage you to um, keep your mouth shut as much as possible when it comes time to be critical. If you feel the need to be critical, don't. And look for these opportunities. Look for when your child indicates um, self-motivation and point it out to them and tell them good job. Look for when your child um, indicates curiosity and, again, point it out. Persistence, when you see your child is, you know, trying to teach themselves a skateboard or trying to um, keep uh, a house of cards up or whatever, indicates persistence to you, look for these opportunities to point out that they are doing these things, critical thinking and being responsible. Maybe it's, um, you know, making sure the dogs have water or cleaning up the kitty litter or whatever it is. Um, just look for those things and then point them out in a positive acknowledgement, acknowledging way. And I think you'll see that um, you could be on the road to having some independent learners. Yeah, I love that information. That Those are such good tips, and it's so true. You know, just the little things that you, you know, what seems like probably a little thing to, you know, to you 
is can be such a big deal to your kids, and that's just the thing to remember. So, you know, while this might sound like a commercial for a road trip teacher, and I guess maybe probably it is for um, because for us our road school success has really increased with um, you know our independent learning in our household and how we've done it, and that is you know, and I talk about this a lot too, but that's, you know, notebooking and interactive notebooks. And that's just about what we do with all the subjects in our household. And if, you know, if you aren't familiar with this idea, you can Google it. I'll put the links in the show notes and the videos that we've done on it about how to set up interactive notebooks. You know, we don't need to talk about that tonight. But in general, I just want to share with you that, you know, this type of road school has really changed our rolling homeschool over the past few years. Kimberly used that word evolutionary earlier, and that's exactly what it is um, for us because we have, you know, the evolution of our road school between the addition of morning time to our daily routine and the interactive notebooks that I finally figured out how to use for so many subjects. You know, we figured out how to really tailor our road school program to the needs of my kiddos and what works best for them. You know, and that's my job is to figure out how does it work best for them, for each one of them. And one thing I'll share with you, if you're not familiar with um, with notebooking at all, you know, Go to notebookingpages.com. There's a link for that in the show notes here as that online resource. I've totally gotten my money's worth from that site time after time. I actually have a lifetime membership over there. I made that investment the very first year that we were on the road. And, um, you know, know that notebooking is really a collection of information on any subject under the sun um, that your homeschooler can write about, illustrate, and otherwise, you know, really just record what he or she has researched and learned into the pages that are collected in um, a binder. It's a very simple idea. Notebooking projects can be done for a short-term project, like, you know, something with a few days or a week or even a month. Or honestly, it can even be used for an entire year's worth of information. Um, I recently just read a story about a homeschool mama who posted her journey, her notebooking journey, with her daughter. Um, I believe her daughter was in eighth grade when this took place. And she had a math curriculum, but everything else she done was notebooking. And her daughter had a pet snake, and she notebooked the entire school year about that snake. She covered all the subjects that she needed other than math with an independent, in-depth notebooking project about that snake. So she talked about the biology of the snake. She talked about the care of the snake. She learned about the anatomy of the snake. You know, it was everything that was ever connected with that snake is what she notebooked about. And it was an incredible project, you know, and it's really just, um, you know, it's affirmation that notebooking works. We have notebooking pages available over in our learning shop at um, Road Trip Teacher, obviously. Um, we strongly believe in notebookingpages.com, so much so that it's one of the few affiliates that I actually personally work with. It is an awesome resource to have in your road school bag of homeschool, you know, mama tools. Um, and there's all kinds of notebooking pages out there on the web. There's free notebooking pages. They're so simple to use on your own. And just one more hit for notebookingpages.com, you can customize. If you, um, I believe if you have a lifetime membership is how you get the access to this. But over at notebookingpages.com, you can actually customize your own notebooking pages. So if you have a certain subject and you can't find exactly the notebooking pages you want, then you can go right in there and use their little software within their online resource and make your own. And that's the one thing I love, love, love about it. Um, and on the other spectrum of how we do things in our house are those interactive notebooks that I talk about so much. And I'll just say it to as the point as I can make it tonight, and that's that interactive notebooks really take the best of the world of notebooking, copy work, journaling, lap booking, 
um, sketch note taking, if you're into that, I absolutely love that. That's kind of a new concept for us. But it, it rolls all those up into one composition type notebook that is designed and customized for your road schooler so that he or she can create their really their own portfolio of what they've learned, their own record of their learning adventure. You know, if you use time for learning, you can design an interactive notebook that works for you. As a matter of fact, I've done it. So I'll be glad to guide you and help you through those. Time for Learning is a wonderful place to start with an interactive notebook because you can design that interactive notebook along with the actual, you know, chapters or subjects or, you know, interests that go along with those subjects. If you use an online curriculum, yes, I, you know, interactive notebooks will work for you. You can use them for reading. You can use them for math, um, social studies, science, foreign language, creative writing, my goodness, you can use them for, uh, you know, personal growth. If you're, you know, you're doing a character, you know, growth in your household, use them for that. Let them record how they grow in that way. Use it for devotions. Um, Bible study, awesome for that. Of course, interactive notebooks work for unit studies. That's probably how they come to be in the first place. Um, but, you know, you can also use them for book clubs. You can use them for a 50-state study if you're traveling and you're, you know, plan to go to all 50 states. Start an interactive notebook and use that as you go along. Um, it's something that, you know, your, your kiddo can have at the end of that journey. It's great for president study. Or if your theme of your travels and you do adventures on visiting the national parks, um, use it for that. It, they're great for nature studies. They're great for nature journals. Um, you know, I think you probably are getting the picture by now <laughs> that interactive notebooks are they are just a great way to give your road schoolers that homeschool tool bag um, so that they can really speak for themselves and let them use their independent learning skills, and there those words are again, that they've already possessed. And in addition to that, it helps them develop those same skills even further to achieve the success that, you know, we're all looking for in this road school experience because it, what it does is if, you know, whatever they already possess, they take those skills with them. And then as they grow that interactive notebook, it grows those skills. It helps them become better note takers. It helps them become better, you know, they, they see the comprehension better. They read things and then they retain that information better and then they write down what's important to them and how they see it through their eyes. And that's why it's such a personal portfolio when they get done because it's really got a lot of their heart in it. And I just, I don't know, for my kiddos, it has been the best thing we've ever done because when they go back at the end of a project, whether it's at the end of a week or the month or the whole year, they go back and they look at where they came from and how much they've learned, and they love, love, love to go back through those journals. Yeah, so, I'm, uh, if you're not notebooking after Mary Beth just went through that whole diatribe, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I get on a big roll about stuff, but I just – it's something I'm so passionate about because for those first few years, and it's not a secret, I have talked about this, I struggled with homeschooling when I got on the road. I, I had not been a homeschooler before. I had not traveled before. And so we started doing both of those things, things at the same time, and I was completely overwhelmed. And I really about ruined my kids' homeschool experience by being that way. And so when I finally found something that works, and that's why I harp on morning time, the two things that have changed my road school, morning time and interactive notebooks period, end of that story. And so I want to share that with whoever will listen because you don't have to do it like I do. Um, please don't do it like I do. Find the way that works for you and find the way that works for your road schoolers because once you do, they're going to wake up on some days and be like, oh, this is, you know, it's like you hear that bell in your head. Ta-da! You've got it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. In fact, I'm sitting in the Walmart parking lot, and I'm going to go get myself some more notebooks right now. Um, <laughs> I am. I've already got a place in my mind where they're going to be accessible to the kiddos. I'm ready. You know, I, it doesn't take much. I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes a little uh, I'm easily persuaded, but that's okay. This is a good thing to be persuaded about. Um, as far as resources on my end, you know, I am a resource light road school mom, which means I use what works um, for a long, long time until it doesn't work. And I like relying on my gut and uh, how my children react to things um, to figure out what works in our road school. So, um, again, I just, like Mary Beth, I also almost ruined my children's road school experience for a long time. Um, but I cannot tell you the value of keeping your mouth shut and your eyes open as a road school mom, which seems the antithesis, right? That's first thing I did was yeah. sit up there and went, <clears throat> okay, I'm Mrs. Mom, and today we'll be learning about, and they're supposed to be the ones keeping their eyes open and their mouth shut in that um, in that setting, but that was that did not work for us at all and was uh, a real tragedy. So um, I just can't tell you enough how important it is to keep your eyes open and your mouth shut and um, they will learn in spite of you but once you start becoming partners in their education uh, you really get somewhere that's so true that is so yeah I couldn't have said that better I tried. okay well this has been a great episode about um, independent learners and I hope that you are encouraged uh, buy it, and I hope that you will join us every Sunday night for encouragement in your road school. You know, we, this is a iTunes radio mystery, uh, ministry that happens on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and the whole goal of this, uh, these episodes, 131 of them, as Mary Beth mentioned in the top of the broadcast, is to encourage and connect road schooling moms across the country, because whatever phase of your road school you're in, uh, we can all learn from each other. So I hope that you'll tune in every Sunday night and join Mary Beth and I from wherever in the world you are. Yeah, you know, speaking of those other Sunday nights, so next Sunday night we are, um, I'm excited, I just got this confirmed yesterday for sure, we're going to talk next week about growing successful readers. Um, and we're going to be featuring S-Form Books. Stephanie Simpson's going to come on with us that night. She is a wonderful, wordly person. <laughs> she has great um great, great, great resources and knowledge and information that she's going to bring on the show and talk about growing successful readers. And we're going to have some other information that night, including a book club that I know about for later on in the summer. So we're going to bring all kinds of reading and book-related information to you on that show June the 18th. That'll be episode 132. And the very last Sunday of this month, we are going to talk all about experiencing America the Beautiful. And that show is going to be featuring Not Grass History, um, Charlotte. Notgrass is going, or Sean Charlotte, sorry, Charlene Notgrass is going to be on the show with us that night, and we're going to be talking about how to use their resources for that um, in, in a lot of our travels that we are all doing across this beautiful country of ours. And um, and then don't fear because we have several more shows, um, I think five or six after that, to complete this wonderful season 10 about planning your successful road school year. And again, we want to give a big shout out to Time for Learning, your online resource as our sponsor here at Road School Moms for this season. Absolutely. Well, I encourage you, Road School Moms, to have a wonderful week um, and to um, just uh, – did you tell them about iTunes? 
No, you need to tell them about our prayer team first. Yes, I do. I was just, just <laughs> going to interrupt you with the iTunes thing for the prayer team because I just realized <laughs> that. But, yes, um, if you need prayer, we have a resource for you, and I'm so pleased to bring it to your attention. It is the Road School Moms Prayer Team. It's a fully confidential prayer request line that you can do through very easy email. All you need to do is send an email to rsm, Road School Moms, RSM Prayers, plural, at gmail.com, and uh, just include your prayer request in there, and our team of uh, prayer warriors will get right on that, bringing your intentions, lifting them up to God for you on your behalf and join you in prayer and agree with you in prayer. So I just, um, we are so grateful to those women that run that um, so diligently, um, and uh, we encourage you to uh, take part in it. You know, everybody, everybody could use prayer. So That's right. It's, we're very blessed to have that team of ladies. And one last final thought, if you are listening to us on a replay over at iTunes, please do us a big giant favor and give us a review at the end of this podcast. We need it. We use it. We love them, and it really drives us where we need to go um, within the iTunes system and keeps our ministry out there for other road school moms for that encouragement. So give us a review, and when you're done, send me an email to info at roadtripteacher.com, and I will be glad to send you a free um, digital product of your choice for my learning shop over at Road Trip Teacher. Now, before I let you off the line, my girls were supposed to be, um, you know – writing these names down, and they're not writing very fast. So I'm not sure what we can talk about while they're hurrying up to write. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we, as you talked about, KT, we uh, talked with the homeschool tracker, and we had a contest. <laughs> I'm starting to stutter because I, they're not writing very fast. They started a um, – we had a contest, and the wonderful people at Homeschool Tracker are giving away an absolute free – Year-long membership to that. Okay, they're done. And so we are going to draw some names right now, and we're going to draw out that winner. Okay, I'm going to let you do the honors. Uh, the question for that night, if you missed that episode, was when was Homeschool Tracker established? And the idea was if you were listening that night or on a replay, you had to go to the Homeschool Tracker website and find out what year that was established. The year was 2002. And our winner for that year-long membership from Homeschool Tracker is Greg and Katie, I hope I say this not right, Roseboom. Um, so we have their information, and I will put you in touch with the Homeschool Tracker people and let you get your membership for free. So thank you, Homeschool Tracker, for that. Thank you again to Time for Learning, our sponsor for this series. And Katie will be here right here on this very same place very same time, next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Homeschool Network, the ultimate, actually, radio homeschool network. And until then, safe travels and God bless. This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your Road School Moms, on the road where education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work, and may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com.